Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's the TD Fantasy. The TD Fantasy Podcast. TD Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Hello, TD Fantasy listeners. Jamie Eisner here. I am back. Another solo show for you guys. Sorry about that. Just again, it's the Christmas holiday. Merry Christmas, by the way. That's how we should have opened the show. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. All that fun stuff. Hope you've got all your gifts wrapped and ready to go. Uh, that you're not running around to the store here on Monday trying to get all your last minute gifts and gift cards when shopping is going to be crazy today. So hopefully you're just at home. With your family, hopefully you didn't have to work today, uh, and can sit around and enjoy this podcast. Hopefully, you are basking in the glow of a fantasy football championship. Uh, I am very close to winning a fantasy football championship in my league. I have well, there's one more game here tonight with the Raiders and the Broncos that we'll talk about in a little bit to determine that, but I feel pretty good about it. So hopefully, you either won your league, won your consolation bracket, won your bronze medal game. Maybe want a little bit of money on there, so congratulations for those of you that are well on your way to doing that. Uh, we will be back with the full crew, or at least most of the crew, by Wednesday. Uh, we'll be back to kind of normal shows going there, going forward, and then we'll talk a little bit about what we're going to do during the playoffs because this show is going to continue to run through the end of the NFL season. We are not stopping after week 17. We will run through the postseason. We will still have a lot of picks. Uh, we will help a little bit with DFS through the postseason, a lot with the gambling, but just a lot from a football perspective. And uh, so I think you'll you'll like that a lot, and you'll be able to join us for that. So today, this is going to be a very brief version. A lot of times these Monday shows run pretty long. Uh, typically our Monday and Friday shows run longer because we go game by game and we go over every single aspect. Uh, but because it's just me, because I'm sure you don't want to hear my voice thrown on for an hour, uh, I'm going to kind of keep this pretty brief and let's talk about the things that matter. But we will go game by game, but a very abridged version of each game. Let's start with the Saturday slate, the Redskins and the Titans. Adrian Peterson had a bounce back game this week, so if you took the risk and you started him in a flex, you were mostly happy. Obviously, he didn't get into the end zone, so he didn't have a monster game, but 119 yards on the ground. Had an eight-yard catch through the air. That's really the only fantasy relevance on this Redskins team. For the Titans, Marcus Mariota got knocked out of this game early. Derrick Henry had a pretty solid game again. He didn't wasn't a world beater like he was the previous two weeks, but had a very solid game with 84 yards and a touchdown on the ground. He's going to be a tough guy to rank next year because he's somebody that I was extremely low on in the offseason, if you remember when I ranked, when I talked about him and when I had him in my rankings in the preseason. I, I, to me, he was even just he was outside of flex territory. I just didn't really like him that much. I thought he was maybe fringy flex, uh, but he's going to finish as an RB two this year based on his ranking. I think he's going to be drafted as such next year. I'm not really buying into the hype quite yet there. But if you've had him the last few weeks, you've been very fortunate. He has been a big time playoff performer for you. Corey Davis here didn't have a huge game, three catches for 45 yards. 
That's about it. The big news in this game was the defense. I told you the Tennessee Titans were my number three defense this week. They lived up to the hype. Very much helped out on the last play of the game. A pick six on Josh Johnson when the game was out of hand. Uh, so that I believe they have finished with 13 fantasy points. So that was a really strong performance from the Tennessee defense that could have helped you win a championship. The next game, the Saturday nightcap, the Baltimore Ravens defeating the LA Chargers. And boy, that AFC West that looks so formidable doesn't look quite as formidable right now given what had happened this weekend. But Lamar Jackson had his best passing game of the year, 204 yards through the air and a touchdown, also ran for 39 yards. Interesting game for him because he had that the most passing yards in the game that he's ever had in the season and the fewest rushing yards he's ever had in the game this season. So kind of fascinating, but overall kind of lived up to the ranked in the teens factor that we've had in the last few weeks. So he lived up to expectations. Gus Edwards had another really good, good game here with 92 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Mark Andrews gets a touchdown for the Ravens in the receiving game, two catches for 83 yards for him. You're really not trusting any Ravens pass catcher. You probably didn't trust them this week, and you're probably not trusting them if you play in a league that counts Week 17. For the Chargers, yeah, I thought Philip Rivers was going to have a much better game. Uh, you know, you, you look at the star power in this game. Philip Rivers, terrible. Uh, 181 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Absolutely brutal. Keenan Allen was okay, five for 58. Nothing special there. You started Mike Williams after his big performance, one catch for seven yards. Tyrell Williams, one catch for 12 yards. Justin Jackson did actually have some value in this game, catching the ball out of the backfield, seven catches for 47 yards. So if you are in a PPR format uh, and you took a risk and started Justin Jackson in a flex spot, you actually got a good return for him. Uh, Melvin Gordon didn't quite look like himself yet, but he got into the end zone, 41 yards on 12 carries. I think you're going to start him with confidence in week 17. Falcons-Panthers, big game for Matt Ryan. Uh, Three touchdown passes, 239 yards through the air. Calvin Ridley, big game. He's going to be a fascinating guy to rank next year because if you look at his numbers in total, uh, he leads leads rookies in receiving touchdowns and receiving yards. And you look back and you say, wow, that's a pretty good season. I'm someone that drafted Calvin Ridley in the late round, so I've had him on my team all year. And it's kind of been up and down. I, I don't think I've ever had a week where I felt really confident starting Calvin Ridley, either as my wide receiver two or as a flex play. In a three-wide receiver league, I think he would have been in my lineup more often than not. But, you know, it, it's, in, it's going to be interesting to see where I have him ranked and where Paige and Jake Arians have them ranked when we go into the offseason. Because my thought is he's probably going to crack the top 30. Uh, I would just, just in the top of my head, I'm trying to think like I, I he's probably going to be in that wide receiver three flex territory going into the year. Um, but as someone who owned him this year, it was very difficult to find games in which to play him. Uh, on the running back side, Brian Hill had a big game here. Eight carries, 115 yards and a touchdown. So between Hill and Ido Smith and Devontae Freeman, it uh, looks like Tevin Coleman might be the odd man out there next year. And someone to kind of watch and see where he might possibly land and what his team, his new team would be. And that's going to factor in where he ranks next year. He had 10 for 51 in the touchdown on the ground as well. Mohamed Sanu, I know, was a, a flex option in some leagues, especially two flex leagues I saw him out there. He catches a touchdown on 5 for 81. Not much from Austin Hooper. Again, Austin Hooper is just a guy. I, I know there was some hope that he would be more than that coming into the year. He's just a guy. I wouldn't worry about him much next year. 
For the Panthers, no Cam Newton meant that there weren't going to be big games for many of the receivers. Curtis Samuel had seven catches, so in a PPR format, he was pretty good. DJ Moore, not quite as good. Although I, I will put it this way. There have been a lot of weeks now where Curtis Samuel has been a better player than DJ Moore. And I thought DJ Moore would be the guy there, that he would be the premier option. It looks like going into next year, the wide receiver you're going to want is Curtis Samuel. But he's going to be a a bench option, not somebody that you're looking at even in flex territory to start the year. Christian McCaffrey, I, I have to pump out my chest on this one a little bit. In the preseason, one of my bold predictions was that Christian McCaffrey would catch at least 100 balls this year. He has now done that. He had 12 catches in this game. And and now that brings him to, I'm trying to see what his total total is, 106 catches this year with one game to go. So he's going to go well north of 100. He's going to get to 110, 115, might even get a little bit higher than that. 12 catches for 77 yards. He had 101 yards on the ground. He doesn't get in the end zone here, but... You know what? I'm telling you, this guy is going to be – I mean, I, I'm starting to think about next season. I think he's the number two pick. Like, I, I think there's a very strong chance he's the number two pick in fantasy next year. You're going girly one, but uh, after him, I don't, know, I don't know, like, who else you go. Like, I mean, do you go Melvin Gordon? Maybe. Do you go – Saquon Barkley, maybe, but I don't know how you can argue. And look, I love Melvin Gordon. I think Melvin Gordon's a consensus top five pick next year. But I don't know how you go from what Christian McCaffrey has been doing over the last few years and what he just did and find a safer option that's not named Todd Gurley than Christian McCaffrey. Like, he's got to be the number two pick next year for you, right? Like, I, I, I would have a – unless he gets hurt in the offseason or something completely strange happens, I do not see how he cannot be the number two running back in fantasy next year. Next game here, let's move it on quickly. Cincinnati and Cleveland. Cleveland got out to that huge lead, started to blow it a little bit, but holds on. They look like a really fun team for next year. Uh, Baker Mayfield had a really strong game. Uh, 284 yards, three passing touchdowns. He's going to be a fun one to rank next year, too. I think he's going to get a little bit overvalued. I think he's a guy that's going to be a low-end QB1, high-end QB2 in 12-team leagues. But I think they're going to teams that draft him as a top-10 quarterback. And I'm not sure I'm ready to put him in that category yet. I'll do the off-season worth of research, see what the weapons look like in Cleveland, see who the head coach is in Cleveland. That's going to matter. And see where he goes into next year. Nick Chubb, though, he's going to be an RB2 next year. 19 carries for 112 yards in this game. Um, to, I, this, this whole Browns team going into next year is going to be an extremely interesting group to watch. It's just – I need to know who's the head coach there because there's going to be a lot of hype surrounding this team. If well, Let's say uh, if it's like Bruce Arians is the head coach or Mike McCarthy is the head coach or, or Greg Williams is still the head coach, whatever it is. It's going to factor in where these guys go. Uh, Bashad Perryman had led the led all Browns in receiving with 76 yards on two catches. He's been the big boomer bust play. He's been like the Mike Wallace role the last couple weeks. I don't think there's a lot of long term value there. Uh, David Njoku three catches, but he had a long one. He got in the end zone. Uh, Bashad Higgins got a touchdown. Jarvis Landry four for 47. I think I'm a kind of off the Jarvis Landry train right now. Bless him. But I, I just. 
he's not being – again, a lot of it's going to factor in who's the coach. And I know I've brought that up a million times. But since Hugh Jackson left, he has not been a huge value in that offense. They have not used him the same way. He has not been as valuable. To me, I can't draft him even as a low-end wide receiver two next year unless there's some level of confidence that he's going to be used significantly differently than he was this year. On In the Cincinnati side, there's not much to talk about. John Ross gets in the end zone with only one catch. Disappointing performance for Joe Mixon. He was okay in this game, 68 yards on the ground on 17 carries, caught a couple passes for 10 yards. Uh, he, he had just a 9.3-point performance. So, it was, again, not a double-digit performance, not what you were hoping for. I was really high on him this week. I had him in my top 10. I was wrong. Uh, I thought he would have a much better week, but he had a really good season overall. He's going to be a high-end RB2 in drafts again next year, maybe even a low-end RB1, depending on how things shake out. Uh, Overall, if you drafted Joe Mixon this year, you got your value out of him, and you're happy. Tampa Bay and Dallas, the Cowboys clinched the NFC East with this victory. Tampa side, this is pretty simple. Mike Evans is really, really good. He's going to get his no matter what, 6 for 90 and a touchdown. Adam Humphrey's got 10 catches in this game. Peyton Barber kind of subdued. He didn't get in the end zone. He had found a way to get in the end zone three of the last four games. Wasn't able to in this one. For Dallas, Zeke had another pretty strong performance. Doesn't get in the end zone, so his value was depressed a little bit. But 85 yards on the ground, five catches for 24 yards through the year. You had a pretty decent game for him. The rare no-show for Amari Cooper with the Cowboys. And again, he's a player I was highly critical of. When he was with the Raiders, I, I thought he was always overrated, but he had been playing extremely well in the Cowboys' offense, but only four catches for 20 yards here. Dak Prescott subdued as well. Only had five incompletions, 20 for 25, but only 161 yards and a touchdown. They, they really didn't attack this Tampa Bay defense as strongly as they could, but from a defense standpoint, as I told you, I was really high in the Cowboys this week. They were my number four defense 13 points. They also had a fumble recovery for a touchdown. On their second fumble recovery, they they fell about two yards short of another touchdown. Uh, They could have easily been the number one defense in fantasy this week, but they had a very strong performance. They probably helped you win your matchup as well. The Vikings and the Lions. Oh boy, are the Lions bad. Uh, There's just... I I don't know what to do with this team. Uh, Kenny Galladay is really the only one that has any fantasy value going forward. Galladay is going to be a low-end wide receiver to flex, potentially just flex option going into next season. Uh, we'll see how things change with offense with Marvin Jones Jr. back, but they just haven't been the same without Golden Tate. And again, Stafford's hurt and hasn't been playing well. That team is a disaster right now. For the Vikings, big game for Kirk Cousins. Three touchdowns, 253 yards, only seven incompletions. This is a big help for you if you started him in fantasy. I had him outside my top 12 this week, so... I would not have started him in this week and compared him to Dak Prescott in the last game. I would have started Dak over him, but Cousins had a pretty strong game. Kyle Rudolph with the big game out of nowhere. I mean, fantasy owners have been waiting for Kyle Rudolph to do something, anything this season. Has a monster game, nine catches for 122 yards, two touchdowns, including that Hail Mary at the end of the first half. Adam Thielen doesn't have a huge game, but has a decent game, five catches for 80 yards. Stephon Diggs gets in the end zone, but... Only two catches for him. Dalvin Cook ran well. They just didn't need to run it as much as they normally did. 16 carries for 73 yards. Uh, Going into next year, it's going to be fun ranking all of these guys because Thielen and Diggs are going to be very close. That that got – looked like Thielen was going to run away with it, but that matchup got very close in the final few weeks of the year. I think Dalvin Cook looks like the RB2 everybody thought he was going to be at the beginning of the season. 
Giants, Colts, the Colts have a huge comeback victory in this game that allows them to play a winner goes to the postseason game on Sunday Night Football this week with the Tennessee Titans. We will preview that later in the week with Paige Demacos and Jake Arians. But for this game, I think you're just looking at big game for Evan Ingram, big game for Sterling Shepard. The Shepard games, who knows? Like, he is all over the place with or without Odell Beckham Jr. in the lineup. I never know what kind of game you're going to get from him. But another good, strong game from Evan Ingram, who's going to be in that consideration. You can read on tdfantasy.com right now. It's actually a story about Rob Gronkowski, but what it is doing is it's looking at what the tight end picture looks like going into the draft next year and where somebody like Evan Ingram will rank because you're starting to look at who's in that top 10 of tight end, particularly that top eight, and how is that going to shake out? You pretty much know who's one and two. It's going to be Kelsey and Ertz. But where does everything shake out after there? Where does Gronkowski fit? And where does a guy like Evan Ingram fit? He's had a really strong end of the year. Concern would be that it's been um, without Otto Beckham Jr. and he will be back. But it is what it is. So we will see what happens there. But Evan Ingram with a big game here. You're encouraged going into next year. Saquon Barkley, 43 yards and touchdown on the ground. Didn't run very well, but gets in the end zone there. Five catches for 34 yards. Again, very much in consideration for that number three overall pick next year. Definitely in the top five, but after Todd Gurley, that two through five spots can be very interesting. You have Christian McCaffrey, you have Saquon Barkley, you have Melvin Gordon. These are going to be very interesting to kind of figure out where some of those guys are going to shake out. Maybe there's a better option. The Colts, Andrew Luck had a good game as predicted. 357 yards, two touchdowns in the interception. Uh, Marlon Mack didn't have a big game, but he got in the end zone there, kind of salvages your fantasy day. Naeem Hines had a pretty decent day, got in the end zone on the ground, caught four balls for 41 yards, so not terrible. Uh, T.Y. Hilton got his, seven for 138. Otherwise, that's to be expected. Eric Ebron did not have an awesome game, three catches for 28 yards, but look, you've kind of had found money with him this year. You can't complain too much. Next game up has very little fantasy value, so we're going to blow through it. Jacksonville, Miami, Leonard Fournette gets in the end zone. Only averaged 2.4 yards per carry. No idea how I'm going to rank Leonard Fournette going into next season. There's just a, a lot of things that are up in the air. Uh, just an unbelievably disappointing year for the most part. He had a couple decent weeks toward the end that helped you get into the playoffs, but an unbelievably disappointing year for Leonard Fournette owners. On the Dolphins, really not much to talk about, so let's skip right through it. Let's go on to Buffalo and New England. Uh, Josh Allen gets that touchdown late, so it kind of salvages his fantasy day if you were using him in two QB formats or if you were in a 16-team league, for example. Zay Jones, big game here, 5 for 6-7 and a touchdown. He's been performing pretty well to end this season. I think he's going to be borderline draftable next year, which, again, I did not expect any Bills wide receiver option uh, to be draftable going into next year, but he could very well be draftable. For the Patriots, bad game for Tom Brady, 13 for 24, 126, one touchdown, two interceptions. He looks like he's hurting a bit. If you saw his pregame trot onto the field, he kind of stops halfway on it and just starts walking normally. Uh, Wasn't exactly galloping on the field like he normally would be. Uh, He looks hurt. Big game for Sony Michelle, which credit to him. I, I thought this was going to be a lot tougher matchup for him. I wasn't expecting him to really break out in this game. But he had a really strong performance. 18 carries for 116 yards and a touchdown. Julian Edelman was by far their best pass-catching option. Six catches for 70 yards and a touchdown. Um, James White had a decent day. Cordell Patterson had a good day on the ground. One guy who did not have a good day, Rob Gronkowski. 
Three targets, zero catches, zero yards. A goose egg in the fantasy championship game, which has to be, which is the coup de grace of what was a disappointing fantasy season for Gronkowski owners. And like I mentioned before, go to tdfantasy.com right now and you can see where he ranks next season, uh, where I would have him next year compared to everybody else. Next game up, the Packers and the Jets. Aaron Rodgers with the massive performance uh, out of nowhere. Throws the ball 55 times, 442 yards, two touchdowns through the air, two more touchdowns on the ground. He had an unbelievable game, as did Jamal Williams filling in for Aaron Jones. 15 carries for 95 yards and a touchdown. Also caught six for 61 through the air. Uh, Devontae Adams, big game, 11 catches, 71 yards and a touchdown. Again, he has been a monster this year. Could very well be the number two wide receiver, number three wide receiver off the board in fantasy drafts this year. Maybe the most unappreciated star player in fantasy is Devontae Adams. Uh, other good games here, you probably weren't playing Equinemius St. Brown, but he had five for 74. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, five for 75. But the big game for the Packers and Roll. And for the Jets, Sam Darnold looked good. Again, obviously you probably, unless you were in a two QB league, weren't. On, he wasn't even on your radar this week. But Eli McGuire looked pretty decent at times in this game. 3 for 50 and a touchdown through the air. 14 for 35 and a touchdown on the ground. Another big game for Robbie Anderson. And just 9 for 140 and a touchdown. And I, I have to strongly consider where Robbie Anderson goes in fantasy drafts next year. Because not only is he draftable, but he might be in flex territory. Especially if you expect an improved Sam Darnold. We'll have to see who the head coach there in New York is going to be. And Chris Herndon is emerging as a, a decent little tight end option there. Six for 82 and a touchdown. He had a really strong second half of the season and somebody who you know might be somebody who's on your fantasy radar, at least at the tight end position, next year. The next game, Houston and Philly. Great, great game here. One of the best games of the weekend. Deshaun Watson, 339 yards and two touchdowns through the air. Had two more touchdowns and 49 yards on the ground. Monster performance for him. Without Lamar Miller, none of the other running backs did anything. Deontay Foreman had seven carries for negative one yards. Not awesome. Alfred Blue, four for 14. Uh, at least Deontay Foreman got in the end zone in the past game to make up for it. Two for 28 and a touchdown there. Nuke got nine catches for 104 yards. Demarius Thomas, uh, three for 37 before he left with what appears to be an Achilles injury. That will probably end his season and put, well, quite frankly, put his career in doubt. For the Eagles, Nick Foles just does it again. St. Nick, 471 passing yards, four touchdowns, a monster performance from him. Nelson Aguilar had caught a big touchdown to get in the end zone. Zach Ertz sets the record for most receptions by a tight end in NFL history. For a single season, 12 for 110 and 2 in this game. Darren Sproles had a big game through the air. Gets Led them in rushing with 32 yards, but also had three catches for 76 yards and a touchdown in the receiving game. He is somebody that might be in outside flex territory in really deep leagues, two flex leagues for Week 17. This looks like a completely different offense than we've seen, and some of it is, is credit to, to Darren Sproles for it, but a lot of credit to Nick Foles for a big Fantasy performance. Rams, Cardinals, this will be very simple. Ty Gurley, as we found out midway through the early games, was not playing. C.J. Anderson with a monster game. He hadn't played in a month and a half. Monster game. 20 carries for 167 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Something to kind of keep an eye on for next week to see whether or not Todd Gurley sits. 
because the Rams cannot clinch home field advantage anymore. That belongs to the New Orleans Saints. So we'll see if they're cautious with Todd Gurley next week. As far as receiving goes, Robert Woods was the receiver you won in this game. Six for 89 and a touchdown. Brandon Cooks with a poor performance, three for 35. But the Rams just didn't need to throw the ball much. I mean, Jared Goff, 216 yards and a touchdown. Again, only five incompletions, but they just they just ran the ball all over the Cardinals. Even John Kelly, 10 carries for 40 yards. So just be cautious if you're a Todd Gurley owner. If you're playing in Week 17, that you might not have him in that game. If you didn't pick up C.J. Anderson last week, pick him up this week. For the Cardinals, really nothing to write home about. Disappointing game for Darren uh, for David Johnson. He did get in the end zone in the in the receiving game on that 32-yard catch from that's right, Larry Fitzgerald, who threw him a 32-yard pass. So that was the big highlight for both Fitzgerald and David Johnson, but otherwise not much value in this game. Bears, San Francisco, very low scoring game. I thought the Bears would score more in this game. Quite frankly, I thought both teams would score more in this game. But the Bears offense just looks completely different on the road, but Trubisky threw his first touchdown pass on the road in like eight weeks uh, in this game. He threw it to Anthony Miller, who, as I saw, a lot of flex plays this week. Three for 24 and a touchdown. Allen Robinson, six for 85. Jordan Howard looked okay. They didn't run him as much as you would think. 13 carries for 53 yards and a touchdown. Disappointing game for Tariq Cohen. 12 yards on the ground. He only caught one pass through the air. Uh, it just, just a very – he had the play where he, does, he didn't get – Counted for the fumble, but where he kind of fumbles the ball in, the, in this pass from Trubisky that was behind the line and just a messed up play all around. Just a very disappointing performance from Tariq Cohen, who had a very strong year and is going to be very much drafted as a high-end flex play next year. And for the Niners, just Brita gets hurt early in this game. They don't use him much. Jeff Wilson was very ineffective against a very strong Bears defense. George Kittle had, the, had a decent game, seven catches for 74 yards. It could have been a bigger game for him. Your consensus number three tight end next year, George Kittle. Like you're going to go Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, one, two, three at the position to finish your drafts next year, barring some unbuilt, something very strange and unfortunate happening in the off season. Next game, arguably the game of the weekend: the Steelers and the Saints. If you're an Antonio Brown owner, this game is why you draft him. He helped you win your fantasy league this week. 14 catches for 185 yards and two touchdowns. An absolutely monster performance from him. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster had a pretty good game. I know he was injured going into the week. There was some question about whether or not he would play. He tweeted out on, on Friday that he was definitely going to play. 11 catches for 115 yards. Unfortunately, he's going to be remembered for the play at the end of the game in which he fumbles and the Steelers lose. And now the Steelers look like they're going to miss the playoffs. They cannot earn a wild card spot, so their only path to victory is they need to win next week, and they need the Ravens to lose. Any other scenario, the Steelers will be sitting at home watching the postseason, which is just unbelievable for a team with this much talent on it. Jalen Samuels didn't have the monster game he had the last couple weeks, but had a decent game this week, 53 yards on the ground, did catch a touchdown with on three catches and 11 yards through the air. No other stealer was really a huge factor. Ben Roethlisberger had a pretty good game, 380 yards and three touchdowns. For the Saints, Drew Brees, 326 yards and one touchdown in this game. You you weren't really thrilled with, with Mark Ingram in this game, 11 carries for 35 yards, but he did get a touchdown, so that's all that matters. So he salvages your day in the flex spot with that touchdown. 
Alvin, Alvin Kamara, two touchdowns on the ground, four catches for 82 yards through the air. So he had a pretty good game for you. He lived up to that spot. And Michael Thomas, another monster game, 11 catches for 109 yards and a touchdown. You've been extremely thrilled with what you've got from him this year. Ted Ginn in his comeback performance, five catches for 74 yards. He's an interesting flex play option for you next week if you are playing in week 17. Sunday night game, Kansas City and Seattle. And all of a sudden, the Kansas City Chiefs don't look like the world beaters they looked like a month ago as they lose a game here. Patrick Mahomes had a decent game. I can't complain. 273 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions. You got what you needed from him. Damian Williams filled in uh, awesomely again this week with Spencer Ware out. 103 yards on the ground. He also caught seven passes for 37 yards and a touchdown. A little bit suppressed game from the receiving options. Tyreek Hill, 4 for 74. Travis Kelsey, 5 for 54. Again, not devastating. Those are decent plays for you. Again, there's there's a big difference between your star players doing what Travis Kelsey did and getting you a 10.4-point performance or Tyreek Hill an 11.4-point performance versus getting you a 3-point performance. I know it's not quite the game you were expecting from those players, but they had pretty decent games themselves. Russell Wilson, huge game. I was super high on him this week. I'm glad to see he performed well. Uh, for him. I mean, he basically put up the same numbers as Patrick Mahomes, which right now in fantasy, that means it's a huge game for you. Um, I know I said Patrick Mahomes had just a decent game, but it's only because Patrick Mahomes has set the bar so, so high as the, fantasy, as the number one fantasy quarterback this year uh, that it just seems like his good games are just, ah, yeah, he had a good game. Shocker, you know, ho-hum. Uh, but for Russell Wilson, really ended the season strong. 271 yards, three touchdowns. But what set him apart were the 57 rushing yards on the ground. Uh, really had a strong performance there. Chris Carson, 27 carries for 116 yards, two touchdowns. A really strong performance here. And, you know, even with Rashad Penny in the mix, which he wasn't in the mix in this game, he was inactive. Looking to next year, I think Chris Carson is going to be very solidly in the RB2 category on draft day. Doug Baldwin, 7 for 126 in the touchdown. Lockett just short of 100 yards with 99 on four catches. But the touchdowns go to Baldwin, Ed Dixon, and Nick Vanette. So, that was the recap of the Week 17 matchup. You have the Denver Broncos and the Oakland Raiders here on Monday Night Football this week. Uh, this game could matter to some. Again, there are players that matter. Philip Lindsay, Doug Martin, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Jared Cook. I mean, there are some options in this game that could make or break your fantasy football championships. But we will be back on Wednesday this week. We will have, at least it'll be either me and Paige or me, Paige, and Jake. We're not sure yet. Again, holiday season, there's a lot of travel. There's a lot of things happening. So it's not always easy, but we will be back in later this week to kind of preview week 17 for those of you that are playing, kind of wrap up what the fantasy season was for those of you who are not playing. But I would like to, again, wish you a Merry Christmas. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.